0: Welcome to Zeitgeist Lab Collections. My name is Alex. My name is Brian. And we are here again for another week of fantastic podcasting. We are still in Collection 1 talking about drive through records. Brian, it's been a minute since we talked. What's going on?
1: Not much. We didn't really talk off mic, really. So we're just jumping right into it, huh? We are, yeah, for sure. I'm doing pretty good. Um, this week was kind of... this. Today was kind of the lull in the week. Kind of low point, but... Low point, like... Um, just not just, much going on, or like a bad day, or... Yeah, kind of a bad day. Um, but, um, that kind of interrupted... Yeah, something interrupted my listening process to this uh, today's album.
0: Oh, really? So... Anything
1: yeah. you anything you can share with our listeners or it just some family drama. No uh, one's has been listen to this. Okay. That's in my family. But uh yeah, but I don't wanna get into it too much.
0: Okay. I was afraid uh, that maybe the uh, the your debt for uh two or three hundred dollars that we talked about last week had come due and maybe <laughs> maybe they were after
1: you. <laughs> I forgot I talked about that last episode <laughs> I don't remember much of last episode I haven't you haven't even sent me the link yet.
0: I haven't even listened to it like I' been I've had a very busy week uh, at work and so I have not imported last week's episode anywhere. Uh, I mean hopefully by the time you hear this dear listener you have heard that but at this point that we're recording we still have not even uh, I have not listened back to any of the the what is sure to be great hidden in plain view episode. Yeah. So you say you don't remember a lot of it. I've been meaning to ask you this, actually. How is... Because, I mean, uh, you at least did like the last three weeks uh, high. What is your your memory like? Do you recall a lot from when you're high or not so much?
1: (laughs) I knew we were going to go there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can recall a lot of things. It's not like... Um, it's not like alcohol where, you know, you, you black out, and you forget what happens, but um, yeah. it's more of a, it's the, the sort of forgetness, which isn't a word, the forgetfulness, I guess, uh-huh. yeah. is the word. <laughs> yeah. Um, that usually comes into play during or other than after. Oh, okay. Where it's like um, the amount of times where I've been smoking in my living room and I've, like, lost my phone for, like, a half hour only to realize that it was blending in with the couch. <laughs> that kind of thing. Very nice.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah. That happened last week. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I just, that, that episode was just, it was just a blur, you know, that, I don't know, how, do, how did you feel about the last episode?
0: Okay. I I don't know. I had like I said. I haven't listened back to it. I feel like I feel like maybe it was okay. I I really yeah. I don't know. I, I I we've talked off mic about the fact that I won't speak for you, um, but for me, every time we're done recording, I'm like ah, I think that might have sucked. But I I haven't. I don't feel like we've had a truly bad episode yet.
1: Yeah, I think the last
0: one might be the first one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out in. Uh, a, few short days
1: yeah
0: so i um, think this is gonna be a good one we got a lot to talk about yeah Yeah. i think so too but so this is another thing we talked about this off mic briefly but uh at the end of last week you told me (laughs) like you left me baffled once again because uh you you specifically picked the album we're doing this week and then you told me last week that you haven't actually listened to this full thing maybe ever <laughs> and now you're saying that you tried today and you got interrupted so are we going into this with you having not actually
1: listened to the whole thing no I listened to the whole thing I, okay. I've been I listened okay. to disc one a couple days ago and then I listened to discs two and three today okay okay and I was so close to like taking in disc three and like the narrative that's going on and then something in my family happened that was not good. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fine. It's just, I got into a bit of an argument with someone.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, a cheese based argument. I would imagine since it's Wisconsin, I mean, probably no more over, like, of a, we cheese, never hear or... from you
1: kind of argument.
0: Ah, okay. One of those.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, which, which, I don't know. Family's weird, man, you know. Well, just send a basket of cheese. I'm sure that'll smooth everything over. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that's 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 usually how it goes over here. That's... So, uh, I mean,
0: okay, so you did listen to the album. That's good. We'll get back to that in a minute. Um, before we get any further, I'm actually pretty upset at myself <clears throat> because uh, I should have mentioned this last week you uh, have spent a lot of time and put a lot of effort into putting together a compilation that is uh, now available on Bandcamp. Is that right? I would like I wanted to give oh, you a yeah. chance to talk about it here and see if we can maybe boost that signal because it's, it's for a good cause. And I think a for lot sure. of the people listening yeah. will know at least some of the people on there. So yeah, watch it. Tell us a little bit about, about what uh, what this project was and is.
1: So uh, over the summer, um, you know, which had a lot going on as far as um, uh, how you, just civil unrest and uh, police violence. Um, there was a lot of that this past summer and everyone was kind of, um, you know, sort of raising money for people to get out of jail and stuff like that and a lot of Black Lives Matter type causes were happening. A lot of people were doing um, benefit compilations, and I decided to do the same thing. Um, where I, the concept of my compilation was um, new metal covers. So I got eleven different artists to cover eleven different new metal songs. by like bands like Limp biscuit Corn, Cold Chain. Well, not Co- not Cold Chamber. Um, uh, Dry Kill Logic. Okay. Linkin Park and just to name a few and it turned out to be a really weird mix of Midwest hardcore and metal bands that I wasn't really previously familiar with necessarily. And then a bunch of my weird Twitter friends who are really immensely talented and all in their own ways. And, um, I finally got all the tracks uh, a couple months ago and sent them to the dude that's going to put together uh, actual cassette tapes and, uh, we, we, we finally put out the digital release. on uh, Yeah, it would have been this time last week when you're listening to it. Uh, this, it'll have been probably a month. A couple or so. weeks, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, we'll, break get, stuff. we'll get it back out there then. Um, Yeah, it's called Break Stuff, a benefit for Black Lives. Um, the uh, money specifically for this compilation is going towards Urban Triage which is a group based in the south side of Madison where I used to live. spent most of my best years. Um, I continue to spend a lot of time over there. Um, and their main goal right now is doing um, you know community outreach, um, helping the homeless, um, fighting gentrification, things like that. Um, yeah, so right now we've raised about $85. Um, nice like digital sales in the week. But we gotta get those numbers up, man. So for sure. Uh it it's a pay what you want, so it's it's technically free, but please, please, please consider uh donating.
0: And I mean I'm not uh terribly familiar with
1: Bandcamp. Is what uh is there an easy way to find it if you search for it or do, they, do we need to drop yeah, the search, link um, somewhere? Bandcamp search function kinda does suck. Okay. But if you if you type in break stuff, that'll be the first thing that comes up
0: okay cool well that sounds that's really awesome i'm excited about that and uh new metal uh that's that's an interesting topic so
1: yeah hopefully maybe we'll talk about it later
0: yeah uh definitely a lot to explore there yeah possibly um
1: yeah oh yeah and by the time this comes out uh i will have a record label Have a record label uh, yeah I'll be announcing this tomorrow. Uh, me and my friend Nick from New Hampshire are starting a cassette label. And what does that what does that entail? Uh, we're just putting out our friend friends demos, basically. Okay, and um, that's for the first two releases that we got lined up. So you you already have releases lined up? Yeah, those are the first two. Is our our friend demos? Um, two of our we're all in a, so we're all in a fantasy football league together. Me my friend Nick and a bunch of other people. And uh, we, our friend Matt put out a, a demo last year with his band Groin. Just like Arizona, power, violence, hardcore, whatever you want to call it. And we both loved the demo so much and just didn't know why. I never got a physical release. So then yesterday, we were like, not yesterday, Tuesday, we were just like both talking and just like, tweak it on caffeine at work and we were like i was talking to him about my 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 uh, cassette comp that's coming out soon and um we were talking about growing, and we were like we should collab and put that out
0: oh nice right.
1: so we're gonna do that and then our other friend that's also in our fantasy football league he just put a, a demo under the name bolster which is some midwest hardcore out of uh cincinnati i believe so we're going to put out We're going to be putting up their debut material as well. Okay. So it was yeah. according to plan. I don't know. Maybe none of this worked out, and now and you're like, <laughs> no, uh, one of those guys got canceled. That never happened,
0: right? Yeah, that's possible.
1: So that's that's probably not going to be the case. But what uh, what's what's the name of the record label? Uh, it's called Taurine Tapes. Taurine Tapes. Okay. Named after the ingredient in Red Bull. Oh, all right we were both tweaking on caffeine when we sort of spontaneously formed this plan gotcha all
0: right well that's exciting that's a lot of uh uh news for you off the top so yeah i got a lot going on for sure (laughs) um well i mean you'll have to keep us updated on that from week to week and i'm excited to see where that goes but for now let's bring in marsden ash uh to to help us take a look at The cover for this week's album, which is uh, the early November's three-disc album, The Mother, The Mechanic, and The Path. All right, we're back again, as always, with Marsden Ash. You can follow on Twitter, at LiveOnMarfin. Sumini has not been suspended again by the time this episode comes out. Marsden, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys?
1: Doing fantastic. Yeah, doing great.
2: Good, good. Glad to hear it
1: so yeah. this this week oh sorry go
0: ahead did you did you have something oh, no 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 go for it please okay perfect so this week lead me we are talking about the early november so uh before we get into the actual cover art and we're talking this week about their album the mother the mechanic in the path um which i've got up on my screen right now now you were on uh, one of our episodes before analyzing some cover art for us and you talked about um their previous album prior to this called The Room's Too Cold, and I'm going to pull that up just to kind of remind you.
2: Yeah, re- refresh me.
0: Um, this one right here. And I think at the time you said you thought it was kind of give you like a Hawthorne Heights type aesthetic about a band who like is maybe taking themselves serious. Like, oh, look, this is our serious album. Uh, I don't know how well you can oh, see the yes. screen, yeah. but. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I definitely, I, I... I remember evoking Hawthorne Heights with, uh, or I remember that this one evoked Hawthorne Heights for me, especially because there's something about like the tint in this photography Mm -hmm. and the prominent use of a mirror, this kind of like skeezy hotel room vibe, all of which really makes me think of, um, the kind of uh, uh, photography that photography in, in scare quotes that I did <laughs> as like a 13 year old. Um, okay. okay, to post on Nexopia. Um, <laughs> and all of those things go together. I mean, musically and aesthetically. So.
0: <laughs> okay, so
2: I am surprised. <laughs> though, I'm surprised looking at that uh, to, to see this next uh, bit of cover art, though which to me looks a little bit more like uh like um like what I think of is uh I mean maybe this won't mean as much to you guys but bands from Alberta that are proud to be from Alberta rather than ashamed.
0: <laughs> um it has a definite
2: like like folksiness to it. Um or a, maybe a country quality. Okay. It's so, definitely like, I don't know, I, I I would, this, go ahead, sorry, go ahead.
0: So I was just going to ask you, I mean, and I don't think there's like a definitive answer to this, because I think certain bands, uh, they are, they're always going for the same aesthetic, like they kind of uh, yeah. hinge on, this is our aesthetic, and it will always be our aesthetic. Other bands are constantly changing their aesthetic from album to album, or era to era. Like, when you look like... I guess, do these, do the two aesthetics, and I think you've kind of already answered this, but do these two albums exist in the same world aesthetically at all, or no, like from the cover art standpoint? Not
2: at all for me, in fact, yeah, no, I not to me. And I mean, I'd go so far as to say even that like, this, this particular, um, this particular cover, I kind of, pushes the boundaries of what I would consider as even in my mind, existing in the same world as what I think of when I think of this record label. Now, you know, I I feel like everything, almost everything else that we've looked at in some way or another, based on what very little I know, and now I'm learning about this record label, the other things that we've looked at, I've been able to, at least in some capacity to some corner of or some local show representative of the type of music that I associate with this label. Okay. And this is the one that maybe seems the most distant from it so far. Because to me, I mean like this looks more like a like a two gallants album cover than anything post-hardcore-ish. Okay. Um not necessarily and, and and I think that like to To elaborate on my answer to your question, I would also say that in regards to bands having really different aesthetic feels album to album or in different eras, it's something that there are with there are notable exceptions to this judgment, but it's generally a red flag for me. Um, and I mean, that comes in part from the fact that, and I mean, I'm sure that this is something you'll agree with me on, on, Brian, but like being someone who comes mostly from a place of like weird hardcore and a lot of death metal, I am mostly invested in genres of music where the inception of the band usually comes from a place of them picking like a hyper specific subgenre of a subgenre that they are going to do a take of and being almost almost obsessive in their like recreation of a hyper specific aesthetic and i think that's the world that i've for such a long time invested myself in um it feels very alien to me when bands have really distinct and separate phases in their career, like that can feel very um, off putting to me. And again, it's not always bad. Like some, some of my favorite bands actually do that. And in some way it's probably at least in part that, that makes them my favorite band, maybe that they are able to, challenge something that otherwise is off-putting to me about bands is is particularly exciting but more often than not I guess I just gravitate towards bands that tend to like have a hyper specific aesthetic and also admittedly to gravitate towards bands that usually like put out a few demos and then one album before they stop putting anything <laughs> else out so it's usually yeah. also I guess an opportunity for a bunch of eras but yeah I'm- yeah make of that what you will
0: (laughs) okay so i mean how would you so i'm going to try to describe this aesthetic for our listener and then i want you to correct me because i'm probably just going to get it too vague and wrong i see what i would describe as like a really shitty attempt at creating a background that looks like canvas maybe that's been maybe oil painted over and then layered over that is something yeah. that looks like a sketch of maybe a family, possibly like a mother, a father, and their their young son. Either way, it's you know, a female, an adult male, and, and a young boy, and then at the top it just says the early November and then the mother, the mechanic in the path. Like is, am I getting that right? Am I missing something? Is there a theme that I'm not picking no, up mean, on? You're-
2: you're hitting you're hitting the key points uh, with the addition. I would say that the the font where it says the early November is to me very much a, like uh, like a Wild West wanted poster sort okay, of yeah. font. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to that point, the combination of the sort of like Western font, the like pastoral oil painting background, and then these line drawings of the figures who who to me have a kind of a, maybe they're supposed to look like. Um, I mean again there's a bit of a wild west vibe not that they look like uh you know cowboys or something but that it's a you know uh looks like a woman man and child who are maybe supposed to look like uh, you know frontier settlers or or something um i mean looking like, at
0: uh, now yeah, but Do you think
1: all that being said colonizers
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean martin yes, they're colonizers <laughs> Looking at it now though, this little this little boy on the cover, do you think he resembles the little boy on the cover from the album we talked about last week? Um, the Hidden in Plainview one that also had like a, a small child on it. I mean, I guess they both are oh, yeah. Yeah, formally can... dressed.
2: Yeah, I mean it's um it, it's weird because with that one I definitely connected it to a sort of like Victorian aesthetic, whereas this one definitely feels more like frontier-y wild westy to me. But, but that's probably just the influence of the other elements in this this picture, the background and the font, but also the, it's the, the adults are wearing. I mean, the woman is wearing like, uh, what looks like a, um, a kind of like banded hoop skirt and Mm -hmm. like a, uh, lace, not, not a corset, but like a laced up top and some sort of a scarf. The, The man's outfit is a little bit less, uh era specific looking but it you know he's he's got a button-up shirt tucked into pants with a big belt and and i can't tell if he's supposed to be carrying a a bag on his shoulder or if that's supposed to be a rifle strap although i don't see a stalk coming or or a barrel but
0: the outfit to me looks like he's dressed like a mechanic. Again, it's called the mother, the mechanic and the path is the name of the album. So I look at that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah I'm not mechanic. even, I wasn't even
2: reading that, but yeah, that makes sense. Especially given that there's like a name tag on his, uh, his, uh, shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The mechanic makes sense, which granted also feels weird because the, the woman, a child's outfits, at least to me, look like, uh, Stuff that I associate with uh, an era before automobiles were okay. uh, particularly present in America. But but I mean, even if it is blundering, there's definitely a, a, like a, an intention of creating an Americana vibe here. I think okay. we can agree upon that. Yeah. And it yeah. is mishra yeah. in a way that actually makes it seem kind of a little bit like um, like searching... The, uh, the hashtag rustic on Pinterest or something, you know, like this, this has a little <laughs> bit of like rustic wedding vibe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, musically, again, I earlier I mentioned like my best guess would be something almost too gallant is just because I'm like, what, what, what feels this is deliberately Americana, but also has some sort of a connection to punk and hardcore. And that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and conveniently, I cannot remember from the last time that we listened to this band what they sounded like. So <laughs> okay no uh, idea whether that's on or off base.
0: <laughs> okay and so I'm gonna be upfront with you now. this is it's kind of a trick question. I don't know that it's possible to predict this and that's because this is this was actually a very ambitious outing from this band in that it was a triple album. Okay. Uh, the first album oh. um, which, which will like the first disc, I guess, which is the first thing we'll listen to. Um, was what they called like their sure bet. Like if they were just going to release a single disc album, it would be this. It's kind of their rockier type yeah. thing. Then the second album they've described is, you know, more melodic, more folksy. Um, it's more, I would say, story-driven with its lyrics. Um, and it's, it's uh, to me, it sounds more mainstream pop-ish in a way. And then the third album is like a spoken word like part spoken word, part musical number album that, that tells the story of, of the three characters we see here, allegedly. Part musical. Oh. Yes. Now and... I'm
2: thinking this is going to sound like uh, Punk Oklahoma. <laughs> punk <laughs> Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> so, um, so I want to play just a clip from maybe all three discs and, and get your take on if you if any of this uh, aesthetic res- resonates yeah. in the music, so this first one is from the first album, the first disc. It's called Decoration.
2: Well, um, I don't know what that is at all, but the, the comparison, but one thing I will say is that very uh, at the very beginning of me looking at this, I said that they look like an Alberta band who are actually proud to be from Alberta. Um, okay. And they yeah. also look like um, <laughs> <laughs> at least to me. So, <laughs> so there's that.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So that, again, that's like their more the more rock-oriented one. The next one yeah. I'm going to play a clip for you is um it's a song called Hair from the second disc. And this was the one of the first singles that they released, along with this decoration track that we just listened to.
2: So so the next album is the one that sounds like a musical, but the this song's called Hair. No, this is yeah. the one
0: that just is like a like a folk record basically.
2: Okay. But the one that has a name that is like, um, how are you? How's your wife?
1: To see ya that's such a good song i
2: feel like this is
1: game, lonely, lonely
2: getting closer to what i described although i am still surprised by despite the album art the relative lack of uh like americana instruments i was fully prepared to hear like some harmonica and banjo, or, or like you know t- tin pan drums
0: on. on, the, on the... <laughs> or like Murdered know. by Death or something. I don't know. Yeah. That they, <laughs> and I don't know they ever get like, that far, but like later on in this song, there's definitely like horns. I don't know how well you can hear it, but there's like a trumpet in the background right now. And Is there
2: some slide guitar there?
0: it's possible
1: i wouldn't be surprised okay there's or like one the section
2: wheel.
1: oh yeah there's like a trombone solo in this song isn't there yeah that I could be a, a trombone little bit of
2: slide or lap wheel, which certainly would be closer to what i was uh thinking but.
0: okay um all right so you feel like that sound is kind of more in line with what you saw in the aesthetic
2: at least, uh, I, I, guess, like, I still feel like I was pretty far off base, but it feels closer to it
0: than the first song did. Okay. All right. So the third disc is like part spoken word, part musical. Like I said, I mean, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. I'm sure Brian and I will get more into it, um, after this spot, but this yeah. is a song called Guess What? Um, it's, uh, the main character finds out these people who he thought were his aunt and uncle are actually his parents, um.
1: Guess what? Oh, okay. Were your parents.
0: <laughs> we weren't kidding. It really is about that. <laughs> and we're gonna
1: have a great time. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Guess what? There's like a banjo. There's some Americana for you. Yeah, outside of the like musical theater. Even, I could tell this, the first time-
2: this sounds very much like what I was envisioning. Okay. <laughs> But we got there.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we got there eventually.
2: <laughs> Over the three albums. <laughs> um, it's not as raging as Two Galantz, but the like instrumentation <laughs> is definitely uh, more in line, yeah.
0: OK. All right, so I mean, I, I, like you said, I think you got there eventually. But like, like I said, it was kind of a trick question, because I don't know how you could possibly predict that all three of these songs would exist on the same release uh, based on this cover.
2: Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it were more, uh, more of a cohesive three-album set based on those three songs. I mean, maybe it's very cohesive when you listen to it in its uh, entire continuity, but but yeah. All right, yeah. yeah well, that well is what Bri-
0: yeah, that's what Brian and I are going to discuss now, but Marsden, thank you so much for stopping by again and uh, giving us your take on this album.
2: Of course, yeah. Enjoy the rest of the
0: pod. Thank you, Marsden, uh, for that analysis. Uh, and as we talked about with him, I'm uh, Brian, this is a three-disc album. Um, I, I guess I, I don't know where to start. This is, to me, if anyone who's listened to our our, our episode with Mark Teal on the compilation, I said that I can never decide if I think the early November is a great band or a shitty band. Um, this, I mean, I feel like if you're going to talk about drive through records, you have to talk about the early November. Oh, for sure, yeah. But this is not... This is not uh, an. I don't want to say I'm. I haven't been excited to do this episode because I think it's a very interesting album, and I'm excited to talk about it. But I don't know that I would say that I love this album or even this band. Whereas I feel like for you, this has been you know uh, a very important band. Is that is that fair, or am I have I misread something?
1: Um, I wouldn't call them important to me at all. Like I've never cried listening to this band, nor have they like saved my life or got me through any hard times or anything.
0: But you did describe this band as a warm emotional blanket to wrap yourself oh, for up sure. in. for sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but th- th- that was more of a statement about their music, you know. Okay. Like, it's very emotional and like at times very whiny, but um, <laughs> and like they have a lot of feelings that they're trying to convey and that kind of thing, but um, no, I still do love this band. Like, and I okay. kind of didn't realize that until, um, like, listening to this album. Or no, not not listening to this album specifically, but like, prepping for doing this whole podcast where I was kind of going through the drive-through catalog. I kind like I listened to like everything they put up. Um, they put out up to and not including this album okay leading up to the podcast and yeah i kind of fell in love with them all over again
0: so and i think like we've talked about and i mean when we first started this endeavor we kind of had a a a very general format for what we wanted to follow with the episodes but part of it was talking about you know what has the band maybe done after drive through records Uh, we've been we've had varying degrees of success on whether or not we've done that in each episode but for me i like for me this band doesn't exist outside of their drive through records releases because this was right. yeah, same this, here. Yeah. this was like a monumental yeah. album. I think, um, uh, I think it's a, a very impressive undertaking that they accomplished. But after this, I just, I never really followed them because they didn't have any more drive through releases. And I, I, think I listened to the, the album after this, which I think was in currents maybe once. And it just, it wasn't for me. And that was that, that was kind of it. So for me, this album is kind of like the culmination of everything that they accomplished,
1: um, from my standpoint i guess right so um getting right into it do you like this album so okay
0: i do not like the first disc i think the first disc is 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 bad basically really um that's
1: more like because that's the one that they kind of declare like the the um what do they refer to it as like
0: And one in one thing I saw like they said it was their basically their sure bet. Like it was That's what it
1: was. Yeah, the safe bet. Yeah, the safe bet, yeah. Like if they only put
0: out a single album, you know, traditionally like you would do, it would have been that. And I mean, I think that's that's doesn't surprise me because I don't really like the rooms too cold. Uh the acoustic EP is is okay. To me this is this is a band that has just songs that are really good, but never really put together an album that is really good mm. uh, with the exception. If you, if you look at this, as three different albums. It, it all just depends on how you kind of classify these things. I think the second disc is, is incredible. I think that is like a masterpiece and that,
1: that is what I would
0: have wanted to hear if they only put out one. And then the third disc before we did this project, I, I listened to the third disc once when the album came out 15 years ago, 14 years ago, whatever. And I just thought, oh, this is stupid. And so I, I've been dreading having to listen to that third one. I finally went back and listened to it a couple times in preparation for that. And I actually, I think it has some merit to it. I think overall it's, it's kind of self-indulgent maybe. Um, but it's, it's not as bad and as cringy as I remember feeling about it, um, Back in 2006.
1: Right, right. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to pull up my notes here. So this was not a band that you really liked before then, huh? You are kind of like Luke Warbottom? Yeah, I mean, I liked... um, And maybe I just never
0: gave The Rooms Too Cold enough of a chance. I really liked, like, uh, Ever So Sweet. I really liked Something That Produces Results. Uh, Baby Blue was was decent. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember a lot of the acoustic EP, but I remember thinking that one was pretty good. But I'm I'm again not a big fan of acoustic stuff usually. Um, so yeah, I mean, I remember coming to this album thinking, oh, I, I was excited for it because this is the first one they put out after I became a fan of the the artist on the record label. So I was actually anticipating this, and maybe that was also part of it. it was just it didn't live up to to the hype because I remember. It just seemed like it took them a very long time to kind of to get this thing released because um, I think uh, singer Ace Ender's is, is very much a, a perfectionist, and if I had to guess, it was that third disc that they were really trying to to make perfect.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I fucking love this album. I like. Okay. I was like, I uh, wasn't like um, anticipating. Enjoying this record this much, but goddamn, this thing's awesome! Like, it's nothing like I li- nothing like anything I listen to now. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not like death metal or whatever. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, is it anything that anything? Like you would have listened
0: to back then? Like, what were some other bands that were maybe like this that you enjoyed back then? Or, or, um, was...
1: like Dashboard or like Thursday, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, although those, those are two sonically completely different bands, but like they're all under the emo, like emotional umbrella. Right. Um, very dramatic kind of shit. Um, but no, I thought like, um, what the first disc does, which you don't like, which really surprises me, um, I always thought they they were sort of oscillating between m- making, like, a m- more mature, like, bolder sound and then sort of perfecting what they did on their previous material. Okay. And, like... um And yeah, I'm trying to like look through my notes here. And do you okay. feel like anything
0: on the first disc is as good as something that produces results? Cuz in my mind something that produces results is them perfecting the sound they had before this album.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think that necessarily. Um But it just I I felt like this record flows really really well. Okay. And like, there are there aren't any like obvious hits until you get to the second disc on this record. Um, I mean, I will say that I, much like the third disc, I
0: enjoyed the first disc more this time. I I don't. I think now I wouldn't. I would not be as hard on it as I was. You know, if I if you had asked me six months ago, without having me go back and listen to it again, uh, I think maybe a lot of it is that it's just kind of forgettable i think the fact that the first single at least from the first disc was decoration i think is atrocious i just i don't get that song that song never made sense to me i do think it starts off really well i think money in his hand is is a is a great track and i remember when i first heard that i was like oh shit, this is really good this this disc is going to be great and then it just kind of you know falters from there uh, in my opinion i really like decoration
1: (laughs) you like decoration yeah um Yeah, and I, I um, do, do you think it sounded like noticeably more mature than their old material? I mean, more
0: mature in what way lyrically? I mean, lyrically, I would say so. Musically, yeah, but
1: also just Yeah, musically, and like I feel like Ace's vocal delivery was noticeably a lot more um, mature in, in its approach, and I mean, not nearly as whiny as it was on like this room's too cold or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, uh, vocally, I guess I can hear the maturity, you know, when you when you phrase it like that. I think sonically, I don't know if I would say it necessarily more mature, but maybe more focused. And I think that's because, uh, I mean, if you were to look at The Room's Too Cold, it's not, I don't want to say it's not clear what they were going for, because it's, it's not like kind of all over the place, like maybe some of the other releases that we've talked about. But mm-hmm. there are, there, there, there are songs like Ever So Sweet. And then there are songs like, you know, something that produces results and it kind of, that's, that's a wide spectrum. And that, that whole album runs the gambit between those two. And I think um, what this format affords them the luxury of is they can, they can have songs and be like, oh no, this is more like hard or this is more, you know, melodic or poppy or whatever. So they can separate those in between two discs. So I think that allows each disc to be more focused than maybe uh, a single album is. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, I like that. Um, like the first two discs um, are like. I like how they're just different enough. Okay. From each other to sort of make to be able to notice the distinction. Yeah. Um. But, but um, I don't know how that fits in with the uh, the actual um, concept though. Which we'll get to
0: in a, in a second um, yeah so I'm, i mean i think i've made it clear that out of for me out of the just for i mean for me the second disc is better than the other two but if we're just looking at the first two the two mainly musical ones i think the second disc is far and away better than disc one now i'm picking up on
1: that maybe you like both do you have a preference over uh, one over the other or um, I never actually thought about it. Like honestly, um, probably probably because by the end of the record, I was like just fuming with something completely different. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I don't. Um. Honestly, if I had to choose, I'd say yeah, the second disc is actually um my favorite. Um, which is weird because like. That that first one, you know, like you said, that's like their safe bet record, you know. Right. Um, do you like? I don't know. Do you agree with that though? Do you think that like is that should have been like the third LP and just that? Well, I mean, I uh, guess you don't like it, but I mean, I think that
0: I think that's what
1: it would have been if that's all they did. I I don't think I would have liked that. Um, and but I, you, do you think that is an accurate descriptor, though? I mean, on their part, like do you the safe bet. Trying?
0: I mean, yeah, it's the safe bet. It's I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot of early November fans, so I don't, I don't have a good uh, uh, feel on which one of these was more popular and more well recepted I think if all they put out was that first disc, it would have been fine. the The die-hard early November fans would have loved it, and uh, that that would have been that. I don't think there was. There was nothing to lose. But at the same time, I mean, what is unsafe about disc two, I guess would be my question. It, there are risks right, in exactly, that, yeah. that. It's it's kind of risky because there's things that aren't super typical for them. But I'm there's not, nothing that I listen to and go, oh, yeah, this isn't them. This wouldn't have worked if disc two was all they put out.
1: Yeah. I think disc two definitely would have been um, – successful as if if like if they're just putting on disc one I, yeah um i don't know um but yeah I, and i don't know if i like um so like what do you what so what about disc two stands out to you then I just think that,
0: so I think part of my complaint about disc one is a lot of sameness. A lot of times I can't tell the songs apart from each other. And for me, when I say that about any music, a lot of the times it's that I, the melodies are mm-hmm. never memorable. There's no earworm there. Now money in his hand, there's good, a good melody decoration. It's memorable, but it's not something I'm into the rest of it. I just, it all kind of blends together. Now, what I like about Disc Two is every song is very distinct and I think each one is very melodic. And while it's not risky, each song kind of does something a little bit different that that makes everyone unique and and good in different ways. Like there's there's no songs on disc two that I would skip and I okay. can I can remember all of them for the most part. And I think I mean just like right from the start with my lack of skill, the little piano number like it's produced in like a way where it kind of sounds like a little music box or something and it just kind of sets the stage for oh this is going to be different and then just it it has things that are more like classically like pop maybe kind of like um uh not not so heavy like what they were going for with the first disc and i think it kind of jives more with where I kind of fall musically in my taste, which is not to say I don't like the heavier stuff, but I think they don't execute that as well as they do. It's just kind of uh, a more melodic and pop sound.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Disc two kind of finds them doing a lot of stuff that they probably were terrified to do for fear of alienating their fans. I agree with that. You know, but they just kind of went for it and it's actually, yeah, I, I'm surprised we both like it a lot better. Um, Like you're, you're right. There is a lot of diversity on there too. Like, um, um, what is this? What's the second song? A a little more time. Yeah. I I love how breezy that track sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, is that the one where they
0: sing about like the perfect mix of nineties radio songs? And like, it literally feels like it could fit in, in a mix of nineties radio songs. And I mean that in a a good way. Not like a, it's, it's not a derogatory thing to say that.
1: Yeah, it kind of it sounded like that band Daphne Loves Derby. Almost. Okay. Kinda,
0: yeah, I can that kind of
1: vibe, and then they go from that to like that um that sort of like country rock sort of thing. Well, it, doing on um, I think Scared to Lose. Well, it's really weird. I mean, there's it's not it's not
0: concise, but it's I think it's well thought out. Because like I said, you got like my lack of skill. And A little more time, which we both talked, about. and then we get kind of like an acoustic thing with Little Black Heart. And I think Little Black Heart is an amazing song. That was probably my favorite at the time. And then you move on to hair, which I don't I don't even know how to describe hair. I mean, I think it's <laughs> it's probably my favorite song on the whole album, but I mean sure, there's, yeah. there's a horn section. Um, it's got a yeah, trombone solo, yeah. Yeah, great vocals, great um, you know, rhythm, and and then it just keeps going like to driving South, scared to lose. Like it's all none of them sound the same, like. I I can read the titles of these songs and remember them. Whereas if I'm looking through the tracks of disc one, I'm like, yeah, I don't don't remember anything. What is rest of my life? No good at singing. Sorry, this wasn't in our plan. I I don't know. It's just, I think this is where they branch out and I think it pays off very well for them.
1: Yeah, and like, I remember listening to the first disc and thinking, oh, they're kind of like expanding their sound a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when they're not doing that, they're sort of, perfecting or making not perfecting but making more fully realized versions of like their previous material yeah but then yeah we get you get to the second disc and you're like oh no they're really going out there but that's like not in like a really pretentious way either it's like they were just making like really specific i they were just tackling like very specific ideas for songs and not really worrying about how cohesive it was in the context of a record, maybe?
0: And I just get the feeling that, I don't know a lot about the other members of the band, but I think that there, there's a, my feeling is there's this push and pull between Ace and him wanting to be kind of more experimental and do do his own thing, and the rest of the band trying to be like, well, no, we, we're a rock band. We needed to do this. We need to follow this formula or format. And I think this whole three-album thing is the, marriage of those two ideas and the compromise and i think that this too is probably the one that ace probably really pushed for and had to convince the rest of the guys like yeah this is something that will be good because i, I
1: mm-hmm. if i had to
0: guess the rest of them probably prefer the sound they had kind of curated up until that point on disc one for sure
1: yeah um what else was i gonna say about disc two um there's a dude
0: ranch uh reference in the last song
1: yeah i i loved i loved how um God, the last song is so good it is and like um i like um i i had heard that song before and like that was a really big song of my like adolescence that i just sort of blocked out of my mind until today really yeah um
0: I think I thought it was interesting that, that you know this little uh, basically acoustic song that ends with the trumpets. Uh, he shouts out "Dude Ranch," uh, Common, and "Choking Victim."
1: Yeah, I, I love how <laughs> like there's the, the one line where he's like talking about how, and it, I, just, I think this is totally brilliant and like so adorable, like where he talks about like, yeah, I'll you know I'll play a set of Dude Ranch and you'll be very impressed or whatever. Yeah, 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 and then. <laughs> And then he talks about how he plays a set of Mill and Cullen and um, choking victim, choking victim, and you weren't and you won't be impressed or whatever. And, but, and yeah. <laughs> like, I that's so real because like, like, you know, you you like getting these like romances with girls like or whoever, and like, and like, you like you have like one version in your head, you know, like right. And then what actually does happen, and I think like Blink is the perfect like, and like because, and like I think Blink is the perfect example to use. As yeah. like As like the, being the band that you'll be impressed like that like someone knows how to play, well, you know, it'll, it'll be cute. And then like when you play something like, like Borderlands Scary like Choking Victim, <laughs> and like yeah yeah it's like the be- like they chose the best bands to reference in that.
0: And I think it's interesting. Um... Uh, how far of a reach that band Blink 182 has because I mean, you don't put that in there if it's not a band that you don't have some sort of aren't influenced by to a degree, right? And we've seen that here with uh, the early November in our Hello Goodbye episode. We saw that they would do 30 minute sets of Blink songs at, at Warp Tour, yeah. and those are two very different bands. So, I mean, somehow Blink 182, you know, they influenced a lot more than what. Is on the surface maybe apparent because uh, uh, aesthetically or just sonically at first listen, you can't really see how you get from Blink 1A2 to Hello Goodbye or Blink 1A2 to Early November or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like the last song um, on Disc 2. Um, but then when, when I realized what it was, I was like, Oh wow, this is the song is still amazing. But like I don't know how I felt about it as like a closer though to the album.
0: It's yeah, it's a, an odd closer. I don't know I mean if you look at it as saying, okay, disc two is going to be this, I don't know what song maybe
1: would have been better, but um Right. And like um another thing that, like I love about Disc Two is like oh um they could have easily just made a more like just stripped down, like a like on acoustic disc, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Which I think, I think, I feel like most bands of this style would, if they were in the triple album situation that the early November are in, and like they they didn't, they just took all these all all these kind of risks and stuff, and like it is noticeably like more stripped down. Yeah. Um, I'm also saying the word noticeably a lot during this episode. A noticeable amount, you might. You might say it might. Is it because you're noticeably high? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually not that high. I'm just smoking <laughs> roaches again tonight. So. Uh, out of a possible. Not, out, not out of the possible. No, it's out okay, of a, that's good. Out of this, uh, this vintage Batman cereal bowl. Okay. I since I was like five years old. Nice. <laughs> um, no, what was What was I saying? Um, it's it is noticeably more stripped down, though. Yeah. But, so is, uh, is a thousand
0: times a day the the closer? Is that your favorite track from the second disc then, or
1: can um, you pick just one? I can't just pick one. Actually, I, I like the that fucking alt country like rock song that's like sounds like the you know the band Limbeck. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It sounds like. Did you get a like Limbeck vibe from one of those songs? I I don't. I mean, I've listened to Limbeck. I
0: probably don't know them well enough to be able to say. Yeah, I definitely. Uh,
1: I do. I think you'd love Limbeck. That's that same drive-through era. Like, it's a little
0: bit later, actually. I think one of the uh, uh, one of the bands we're going to get to at the end. Uh, actually, our very last episode uh, later
1: went on to be in Limbeck. So. Oh, okay. There we go. I knew there was some sort of connection. Yeah. Um, listen to uh, Limbeck. Yeah. Okay, like I've, I've listened to some off. of
0: them, and I, I think it was just one of those things. I was like, "Oh yeah, I like this. I need to circle back around," and then it's just
1: like, got lost do in, it. in yeah. life somewhere. i want to fucking listen to Limbeck later. God damn. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I can pick one either because it seems obvious, but then cause I'm like, "Oh, okay, Little Black Carp." I'm like, "Oh, but I really like From Here to L.A." And then, "Oh, I I, I don't know how to say this," or a thousand Times a Day." And just it becomes
1: too hard to just pick one right I, th- I don't know I think Hair is really good too oh my god hair's yeah yeah um and whatever the, the one that sounded like Lindbeck was was really great yeah this one yeah this is a really good one uh, that dirty ass guitar riff man uh, it's like almost sounds like Lucero or something, like, but not as gross as Lucero. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's. I mean he doesn't I mean, go full cow punk.
0: Yeah, and I mean we just like, listened to 15 seconds and he was killing it on the harms. Like it's yeah. just it's a great song. <laughs> oh
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, well I mean, I think that kind of covers the first two albums. So that brings us to, the third disc. What? What? Uh, what do you make of the third disc? What do you make of the, the concept, the story? Do, do you see the third disc tie into the first two at all? Other than, I mean, obviously some musical cues that I feel
1: are just kind of shoehorned in there. But I mean, I want to get your thoughts. Um. So this is when like something like unpleasant happened to me. I was like halfway through the third disc. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to like recall as much as I can.
0: And you said you had never listened to this one before. No, I haven't even
1: touched this one. Okay. Um I I don't know. I didn't really pay attention much to the the, the therapy sessions because I had a lot I had a lot going on. Uh Um so I didn't I didn't really retain a lot of the therapy sessions. Um much like in my real life, I don't really (laughs) retain a whole lot during therapy.
0: Yeah. It's funny.
1: Um, but, um, I thought the story line, you know, like that he was trying to tell, was it felt like really on the nose. Like I couldn't like, so like, what did you take from the story? Like, like what is your version of the story at least?
0: So, okay. So dude's in therapy and he starts by recounting, it seems like his father's childhood, and then it turns into his childhood and his dad was and mom were shitty to him and that led to him it seemed like it was like a circle because in the end it sounds like he's going to end up just like his parents because in the end he's like oh yeah guess what i've got this girl we ran away together we just found out she's pregnant it's like okay this sounds exactly like your parents story and then if i recall correctly in like the very last track the two voices like meld together. And I guess the therapist and the patient are the same person. Whoa. I didn't get that far. <laughs> but um, I, I just don't, I, I I don't know. I don't, I don't, I just don't feel like it's a story that needed to be told, I don't, what is the benefit of telling this story?
1: Yeah. It kind of like, I mean, it, it was a massive bummer. Like, of a story but um and I felt like the storytelling was almost too on the nose like yeah. I, that's what, what you described was like I like underst like I took at least I took away at least half of what you said okay the first time I heard or the only time I heard this yeah I was like, okay so what so like I, I missed the, the dad telling his or his upbringing or whatever.
0: Well, I think that starts off with so the first few therapy sessions. He's talking about his dad and how his dad left cause to be with this girl. And he's like, I'm going to make it on my own. And then like halfway through the disc, maybe they have the kid. The kid is the actual patient in the therapy sessions. But they're like, oh, shit, we didn't want a kid or this doesn't work for us right now. So he ends up being raised by his grandparents, not the dad's parents, the mom's parents. And his life really sucks because he just feels like he doesn't fit in. There's a few songs that talk about that. And in the end, eventually he has to go live with his parents because the grandparents die or whatever. And he also hates that. So at the very end, he ru- he runs away with his girlfriend and he says he's pregnant. Right. He says she's pregnant, rather.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then something about the last track, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen specifically. But some there's some key... That you've figured out that basically he's been talking to himself i guess like him and the therapist are the same and i think that kind of makes sense but what i hate is i guess what really drives me crazy is that he as the patient has that pitched down voice like why didn't you just get another voice actor or something like the pitched down voice just sounds <laughs> like shit I, I don't get it
1: yeah um tyler the creator does the same thing on his album goblin where like the whole thing is like a therapy session okay um yeah this is kind of like emo's answer to tyler the creator's goblin the, the third disc
0: well when did goblin come out
1: uh well actually way after this did but okay um, i guess it's hip-hop's answer to, to, to this, this. <laughs> yeah rather
0: okay um, so Whereas, I mean, what, like, did, what did you think of the actual? Because there are a few songs on the. I thought disc. like
1: the op- um the opening track was really was really beautiful. It was very tasteful. Um, it's, it's kind of reminded me of explosions in the sky. Okay. Um, or like other post rock instrumental bands like that. Okay. Um, I thought that was pretty sick. Um, yeah, they, it definitely gets. The music on across this, I love how the the music on this triple album just gets increasingly experimental.
0: Yeah. Well, I think like we talked about at the top of the episode with Marsden, he kind of looked at the aesthetic and said it seemed like it would sound like some sort of Americana type piece music. And you don't really realize that till the the third album. Specifically what we listened to him with him was uh, I think it's called Guess What? Uh, where his parents are like oh guess what we're actually your parents and there's like they've got banjo and i think there's some harmonica and stuff so it definitely like it definitely strays further away from like the typical early november sound
1: right yeah um yeah i i, I don't re- recall much of the like a lot of the music on the third disc either i saw i also stopped taking notes on the third disc just yeah i was dealing with other stuff but um Yeah, I don't know. Um, I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, I think that... um, So I always thought this album, or this disc sucked. Like, I thought it was worse than the first one. Um, I still think it's unnecessary, but the other day on... Yeah. Sometimes on Spotify, I'll just put on, like, Daily Mix 1 or whatever, and one of the songs from this disc came up, and I was like, oh, shit, this song's actually pretty good like out of context it's a lot better than having to deal with it in the context of what i would say is like a very unnecessary story
1: really that's really that's really interesting that a a a a song from the third disc would come up on your daily shuffle
0: i thought that was weird too for sure that
1: those songs out of context sound really good
0: yeah i mean i mean not that they sound bad in the album but like without I would yeah. never have just like put in that disc, like, Hey, I'm going to put on track six or whatever. Uh, I, so I, it, it always comes in between like these stupid therapy sessions and other dumb shit. But like when you just have just the musical, uh, songs, um, I think maybe you've got some songs that may have worked on the second album. I, I don't think this need to be a third disc.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think it would either. Yeah. I don't think it needed to exist either. Um, I thought um if they got rid of the story and just, just um and just chose to go even more experimental, experimental musically mm-hmm. I'd have been fine with it. Yeah. But the story like is there any sort of like discernible like hint of a s of a story being told in the first two discs at all?
0: I, I feel like maybe there is, but I I don't know. I can't, I can't pinpoint. I'm trying to remember one of the songs on the third disc has part of songs from... I feel like actually it's Decoration. I feel like there's musical cues from Decoration somewhere on the third disc. Okay. Um, so I don't know, but I don't know what the... I, I can't pick out anything necessarily lyrically and anything that would, would point to that.
1: Right, yeah, because I wasn't sure if, if if that was intentional or not. Yeah. Um because this is a concept album so like what are the what's the concept of the first two albums other than i guess the sort of sonic mission statement of both you know one being more stripped down and twangy and experimental and the first one just sort of being the safe bet or whatever
0: yeah i mean i think it's goes back to my whole thing that concept albums typically don't work i bet there's probably a handful of songs that maybe fit into the broader story but like certainly like the one we talked about kind of at length earlier a thousand times a day that doesn't fit anywhere into this story that i can tell like
1: well i thought well that i mean that song is itself
0: is a story right yeah that's a story i don't think it's part of the larger story though which is fine but like why pretend that it has to be or i mean I, and i'm not saying that they yeah. do, but like i feel like that's what you're supposed to try to get out of it
1: right and like where does the song like hair fit into like the storyline you know right. like that song like does have sort of a show tune quality to it yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like i could picture that being in the first act of like or maybe the second act scene yeah. one of a musical or something for sure for sure but um yeah i don't know But, Uh I mean, on its own, though, with, like, the the first two discs are so good. They are.
0: I mean, the second one is... And
1: I've come to appreciate the first one. I think this could have been a really, really good double album for sure. Okay.
0: And I think a lot of people would have said the same. I think I'm probably in the minority and not liking the first disc too much. I've always thought that I'm also in the minority, though, by not liking the second disc. And I, I honestly don't know. Like, you're, you're probably you the only the minority when it
1: comes to <laughs> musical opinions. I,
0: I, I agree with that. But, I, I mean, <laughs> you said you liked the second one. So, I don't know if you and I are just the only ones who think that. I mean, not the only ones, obviously. But, like, is, is that what a lot of people think? Or is the second disc something really that a lot sure. of people didn't like? I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know. But, um... I'm just glad we agree on something for once. I think yeah, this is like incredible. Yeah, this is a in historic podcast already.
0: <laughs> Thank
1: you for the use of "n historic." I appreciate the grammatic <laughs> correction uh, correctness of that. <laughs> well, it's been in historic week, obviously. Yes, it has been. Speaking of which, you know what? Fuck Jake
0: Trapper. Is it Tapper from CNN? Tapper? Yeah. He okay? So he and I. At the pretty much the exact same time, tweeted I tweeted from the pod account. He tweeted from his account that they couldn't that we couldn't believe they got Chris Gaines to perform at the inauguration.
1: Oh, and we got
0: like four likes, and he got like thirty thousand likes. So so it's bullshit. Holy parallel thought. Yeah. So the the exact same time. uh, I think his was at like ten fifteen a.m. and mine was at ten sixteen a.m. But I. I wasn't looking at his. It was parallel right. I mean,
1: I, yeah, who, who follows Jake Tapper?
0: But I saw it later. Someone had retweeted it, and I saw how many likes he got compared to how many likes we got, and I was fucking pissed. Did you bring this to his attention, or at least try to?
1: No. I don't want to interact with someone from CNN. <laughs> I think it's funny that Garth Brooks was at the um, inauguration. Because, yeah, like, trying to I, kill all the precedents yeah <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's what the, the Chris Gaines movie was supposed to be about <laughs> a secret assassination. It was, it was supposed to be like a, like a traditional thriller.
0: Hmm. I mean, I guess like uh some sort of pandemic assassination kind of fits the mold of a traditional thriller. It sounds like a yeah. movie from the '90s.:
1: Exactly, yeah. I just like, I just love how he appeared at the inauguration like a week or two after we had talked about to- Talked about him on the pod.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of stuff like that happen. I don't know if it's just we start paying attention more, but like that's not the first time some weird shit like that's kind of happened.
1: Yeah. We speak things into
0: the zeitgeist. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's why it's a lab. We're creating the zeitgeist and then we just kind of push it out there.
1: What if we created COVID? (laughs) Well, I mean we create it they didn't create it in the lab in in Wuhan. No, it was the Zeitgeist lab. It was the Zeitgeist lab.
0: Okay, I mean, do we we talked at length about this, like like you predicted? Do we do want to watch any any live versions, covers? I've got tons. I have no intention of playing all of these. Uh, what are we at for time? I mean, we've been talking for just shy of an hour at this point. Oh, we don't see, have a, no guest this time. <laughs> um, so we yeah, should... let's
1: let, well, let's let's look at some covers. Let's look at some live footage. Let's let's keep going. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So to start with, I've got them playing Hair live July 11th, 2006. And I think there's some post-production work on this cuz it sounds really good for being 14 years old. I like that they're playing it faster.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like like when bands do that every once in a while. Just kind of speed up the hit, get it over with. (laughs) Right. Did you ever um, see this band live? No, unfortunately. I think I've had the opportunity to a couple times. But no, I missed it.
0: Yeah, I've seen I'd them like you a few times. Yeah, they were good. I saw them open for Newfound Glory, which was really weird. I mean, I know they're both drive through bands, but it's really two kind of very different bands.
1: Was that recently?
0: Uh, I
1: mean, I that mean, was like pre- 2009. Oh, maybe two, not. Okay. So, no.
0: Uh-uh.
1: I thought um, Newfound Glory played here recently. Really? I forget who they co headlined with, and I, I didn't go. Hmm.
0: I, I mean, I wouldn't go to a Newfound
1: Glory show anymore. No, I wouldn't either. Oh, I mean, I looked at okay. I looked at the set list when they played in Madison for like the first time ever. Okay, oddly enough, and it was like all like their. their I mean, I know they were touring behind their stupid like movie song cover albums. Uh huh. But like a good like third of the set was like covers. Really? Oh, like, sounds awful. No, I just I just want a hardcore dance to some pop punk. Yeah.
0: I did go see them when they they did like a twenty year anniversary tour and like every night they played two of their albums, uh, not front to back. I mean they played all the tracks, but like in no particular order. And I when they came through Salt Lake, they did Sticks and Stones and Catalyst, and that was an amazing show. But oh
1: yeah, I mean I wouldn't go
0: see them outside of some sort of uh, you know
1: yeah they got to be playing like Salt Paddle all the way through or Sticks and Stones all the way through if they're gonna get. <laughs> My business. Yeah,
0: I saw they did a self-titled 10-year tour as well. Uh, that would have probably been 10 years ago at this point, but they did that album front to back, and that was really good, too. So when they do yeah. something like that, I'm there for that, but yeah, I have no interest in hearing them play their new shit.
1: I'm trying to be the guy spin-kicking motherfuckers in the head at the punk <laughs> Show. Exactly. Okay, here is early November playing... I want to hear him play some song from fucking Frozen. Oh, my God. I forgot like that, that do, they, do they do... They do <laughs> the do they do breakdowns in the the movie covers? I don't
0: know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I really liked the first one. I mean, we'll have to save this for our, our new fan episode. But yeah, yeah. Uh, here's well yeah. Here's early uh, November playing a little more time at Kilby Court, which is here in Salt Lake. Ooh,
1: Looks like an intimate gig.
0: A small venue. Yeah, it's actually just some guy's house.
1: Oh no shit. Mm-hmm. Technically, a house
0: show, yeah. Damn, it's a really interesting venue. It's in like a really shitty part of uh just outside of downtown. It's just like this little street you would never guess. There are houses on, but there's a few little houses on this street and it's called Kilby Court is the name of the street. So that's why the, the venue is oh, called Oh, okay, at. cool. And he's just, this is like his garage that he's converted into a venue. It can hold maybe 30 or 40 people directly in there. And then right outside, they always have like a bonfire uh, after yeah. all the shows. And the one and only concert I've ever performed in was actually uh, in this venue. So right wow. there. yeah, With your rap group? uh no we talked about trying to get the rap group uh show here but uh no i was a drummer in a band um, in college and
1: I, we oh, played shit. here yeah
0: it's actually it's they were called ancestor crawl so it's the only musical endeavor i've ever been a part of that i was not like creatively invested in i just showed up and played drums and it was fun it was great um but like uh i usually whenever i do anything musically i do all the performing and writing and all that myself because i hate I don't work well with others, basically. Um, but for that one, it was two brothers. They were, like, very – they had their vision, and I just kind of helped them realize it. But then they, like, wanted me to go to Idaho with them to play, uh, like, Mormon churches up there because they're Mormon. And I was like, nah, I think I'm good. I, I have work. I can't just drop everything to go to Idaho.
1: So. What, what kind of music was this? Like,
0: Mormon um, music? or No, I mean, they were really into uh, – like uh, Franz Ferdinand was like their favorite band. So they were trying to do a lot of kind of stuff like that. Is that anyone's favorite band? Uh, Yeah. These guys. <laughs> that was their favorite band. So yeah. we would always, we would warm up by playing. Uh, what was the big Franz Ferdinand song? Out. Yeah. We'd play that. And then we would dun, play. Dun,
1: dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. Yeah. And then we'd play uh seven nation army by the white stripes. And those were like our two warm up songs when we get together. And then they had oh. written a few songs and they, they were okay. We put out a CD. I don't, I didn't follow if it did well. I mean, I've got like 50 of them in my car because I didn't do <laughs> shit with them. But
1: <laughs> um,
0: So yeah, that's Kilby Court. That's here in Salt Lake. Uh, I've seen early November at this venue before. It's weird. Like Sometimes they will have big names like Yellow Card has played this venue before. I was gonna Take,
1: say it's a small ass venue.
0: Taking Back Sunday played there right when they were touring on "Tell All Your Friends," and I remember, I didn't go, but one of my friends went, and he said the band asked people to start throwing coins at the stage, and like he was at the front, so he kept getting like pegged in the back Ooh. of the head with like quarters and pennies and shit. So, no. <laughs>
1: it's, it's a, that sucks.
0: yeah, kind of a weird setup, but yeah, that's that's Killbe Oh, do, do you remember Vanessa Carlton? Yeah. Of <laughs> course. I remember because like back in college I was big into I want to go to as many shows as possible And like Kilby Court, it's like five dollars to get in, it's cheap. So I'd always be looking to see what bands were coming. And they booked Vanessa Carlton, but then she canceled before the show actually happened. My guess is she figured out what the venue was.
1: Oh yeah. that was like
0: after she had put out that Thousand Miles song and was like very, you know, huge on the radio at that point. I just thought mm-hmm. it would have been hilarious
1: if she had played Kilby Court. That would have been pretty hilarious, yeah.
0: Um, I don't think there's really any necessary other live versions worth looking at. Um, Yeah, what are
1: these covers like?
0: You'd be shocked to find that they're mostly acoustic, and most of the early November (laughs) covers are covers of Ever So Sweet, which was not on this album. But here's some guy doing hair.
1: All right hello how are you
0: like your shoes love your hair hello this is bandrew plays hello, how from oh may 19th of last year and your smile.
1: hello how hmm. are you how's your wife and your
0: kids hello how are you love that hat on your head hello how are you miss you so it's nice to see ya oh
1: we have do you think I think he's gonna do the trombone solo. He's gonna do a trombone
0: solo. Let's I mean, see. it's part
1: of the song. Maybe I'll just bust out a kazoo. <laughs> I
0: don't think so. Damn. Uh,
1: it's not the poser. Yeah not even that good of a singer. Um, no, he's a pretty
0: bad singer. I better f- put this one down before I forget. Uh, once again, our good friend Make Belief has done a Nightcore version of a song for Ooh, yeah. us. Let's, let's get that one. I requested Hair, so here is Hair Nightcore by Make Belief. I think that song. I'm, I mean, we've talked before. The neither of us are really big Nightcore fans, but I think
1: that song actually worked pretty well for that. That did, yeah. That's pretty sick, as so, usual. Yeah. Again, so, I don't. What is the connection with anime and Nightcore? I, I don't know. Maybe I should. Should I message
0: Skyler and ask him why
1: is there <laughs> anime in Nightcore? So oh, yeah, someone. Someone on Twitter, like, tell us.
0: Yeah, it's someone that's listening. We've got a few reply guys that listen to our show. So, someone tell me why, uh, why it's Nightcore and anime, uh, and also follow at Makebelieve Music uh, on Twitter uh, and check out his new uh, merchandise that just dropped, um, which is lacking an animated McRib, but is still cool nonetheless. So, I saw some of that merch. That looks fucking sick. It does. It looks pretty awesome. OK, um, let's see, is there, what else do we have? Uh, tr- 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 oh, I wanted to look, some of these I didn't even get a chance to listen to at all. Um, I wanted to look at this one. Look at this guy, This. it looks like he's going to do a rap version of this, just based on the way he's dressed, but it's him doing, like what is this, uh, it's him doing a thousand times a day. This is yeah, one looks shade like he... brighter. It's, it's he does look like a white rapper. Okay, let's just get to the middle. This is a long song. This is just a vocal cover. I
1: mean, it
0: sounds like he's just singing along with the track. This
1: is, this is very uncomfortable.
0: I mean, he's
1: very into it. He's way too into it. This is a uh, little oh, much. I don't, I don't care for this. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then uh, we talked.
1: uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Now we've talked about not enough female representation. So there are a few female uh, performed covers. that I thought we should check out. This is uh, I'm trying to get the name Maggie Gibson doing "From Here to LA." One of my favorite songs from the second disc.
1: The guitar is like bigger than her. Right, jeez. Oh, it's like a huge ass guitar. I just—when are people gonna
0: figure out that this just takes a, a good song and makes it very boring?
1: Right. Yeah, because this is like the second disc too. Yeah, where the songs yeah. are spicier. <laughs> spicier. Yeah, you can't just. You can't just put him on an acoustic guitar like that. No. Um, well, we got
0: My Lack of Skill by Joseph. I didn't listen to this one either, so let's see. This is the kind of weird piano one from the beginning of disc two. Oh, like that old-timey piano song? We get yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's changed it to a guitar. god bless him he's trying yeah
1: (laughs) he's trying that's for sure i mean i always struggle with this because
0: i want to find covers that are kind of cringy but i really don't like making fun of people that are willing to put this out there (laughs) (laughs)
1: like yeah i don't mind
0: (laughs) um let's see Oh, okay. Speaking, this is not a cover of the early November, but this is the early November covering the Coldplay song, Yellow. Okay. I think we should end on this one. Okay. So this is them playing Yellow, July 1st, 2012. Live. Are you a Coldplay fan? No.
1: No. <laughs> I appreciate some of the hits though. Some of the early hits. Like, yeah, Yellow. I'm not
0: a I'm not a big Coldplay fan, but I like
1: this song. For sure.
0: I wonder how well, it feels... the
1: audience it too.
0: Right. I like I wonder how it feels to be like, we're gonna play this cover song, and I bet you anything the audience is singing louder than they sung any of the early November songs.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the only downside of covering a song like this. I mean, (laughs) it's fun and it's unexpected and it's undeniably like an amazing song. Yeah, it's it's if you're a band like the early November, this is definitely gonna be the highlight of the set. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I I think you know Chris Martin has a decent voice. I think that I actually think Ace's voice is a good. One to try to cover a Coldplay song, though I think they're kind oh, of in for the, sure, same, yeah. the same ilk. Uh, the question I want to ask you that I totally missed earlier: How much when you when you look at disc two, how much of "I Can Make a Mess Like Nobody's Business" do you see there?
1: Um, not a lot because I'm not really familiar with them. Okay, really? Okay, I know it's just him and an acoustic guitar, right, for the most part. For the most part, I mean, there are
0: definitely some drums. And I remember from our, uh, uh, the compilation episode, the one I Can Make a Mess Song made your top five list. If you haven't checked that particular album out, it's definitely, um, it's a lot Mm. more like that. So, and I think it probably fills a lot with Limbeck stuff too. So I I just think, I wonder if part of it was he wanted to make another one of those, but also felt some sort of loyalty to, you know, his band. It's, it's, and I I guess my final thought is just, it, it was a very ambitious album, I think, Parts of it were executed flawlessly, parts of it were completely unnecessary, and parts of it were just kind of forgettable. Um, but all in all, I, th- I think it's an album worth having. and I'm glad we talked about it, and uh, I appreciate it now more than I did in 2006.
1: <laughs> yeah, my final thought is that um, this band, like this, is their second release, like ma- like full length, correct release. So like that's like huge. That they made a triple album that was this good, that had no right of being this good. Agreed. Um yeah, like I think you summed it up pretty well too. Like there's some parts that are wholly unnecessary, and then there are parts that are just flawless, and then there are parts that are like, eh, whatever. But yeah, I'm so glad I listened to this. Um probably listen to it again after I listen to Limbeck's entire discography
0: okay all right Um, i think that might be the first album that you've said you'll go back and listen to again except maybe hello goodbye so
1: that's gonna mean something Mm
2: -hmm.
0: all right well that's it we will be back next week peace